Hey guys, gals, we, the, they, them, whatever makes you feel sexy. Your girl B here, back at you with another episode of Strip It Down. If you follow me on Instagram, and you should, you might have noticed that I was out of town this past weekend. I went with my best friend to San Francisco for a much-needed girls trip. You know, I love to travel, and I feel like it's been so beneficial for my soul to just get out every now and then and just see somewhere new and experience different places and different cultures. Now, I only went to California, but the West Coast is completely different than the East Coast in so many ways, and it was really fun to check out all the different stuff and just kind of get away from my nonstop life for a few days. You know, I basically have three jobs, three kids, three dogs, a husband, a farm to keep up, a book to write, and just general stuff to do all the time that can have me a bit burned out sometimes. So it's just great to just stuff my face with some dim sum and get back in touch with myself as a person. You know, not a mom or a wife or a stripper or an employee, just me and what I want and what I like. You know, we need to make sure that you're always finding time and the way to find yourself as much as possible. Life is hectic and unforgiving sometimes, but if we don't stand our ground and make ourselves a priority when we need to, it's likely that we'll end up snapping anyway. And then we're no good for anybody, are we? But anyways, so I was distracted in Cali, you know, so I didn't have a ton of time to work on the podcast this week, so please forgive my tardiness, Um, but we're going to work on flipping the script a little bit and turning the focus on dancers for just a minute. You know, we've already discussed the typical do's and don'ts in the strip club for patrons, but there are just as many, if not more, things to know if you actually want to work or do work in a club. So Kate Manny and I touched on the whole mama bird thing in episode one, but honestly, it's very true for me. You know, I definitely tend to assert myself as kind of a mother hen to any of the baby strippers that, that go astray or might need some advice, but I've also been in the industry for a really long time, and I get impatient with all kinds of behavior that I see sometimes, both from baby strippers and from girls that I feel like should definitely know better. You know, so this list would be infinite if I thought about it for too long, but I try to just kind of jot down the most glaring things that kind of come to mind when I think about dancers etiquette in the club. So here's my two cents for what it's worth (laughs) about how to be respectful to the other girls and the customers, how to protect yourself at work, and how to make more money as a dancer. So let's strap up and strip it down. Okay, so to start, we're going to start with the dressing room. You know, the dressing room is kind of a sacred place in the club. It's a place where you can find solace or madness, depending on your club and the people that you work with. It's important to always try to do your part to keep the dressing room as a positive place for yourself and for those you work with as possible. You know, so in order to do that, try not to take up a bunch of room in the dressing room. You know, be respectful of all the space that you have. I've been in dressing rooms that are teeny tiny. I've been in big, giant, luxurious ones. It doesn't really matter how big or how nice the dressing room is. It matters that every single person is being respectful. You know, don't spray your stuff all all across the counter, not leaving any room for anybody else. Don't touch other people's things. You know, try to be mindful and respectful of the that you need and what you're taking up and all that um don't bring really gross smelling food in there (laughs) this happens a lot i mean lots of girls bring their food from home or they're on special diets or they're from different countries or whatever it is um you know but our little tiny microwave back there 
gets quite the workout and some real funky smell and stuff ends up happening and then the whole dressing room just reeks and is miserable so don't do that if you can help it um you need to take pride in your appearance you know it's something that I see a lot a lot of the girls you know we all have that bad night we're hung over or we're exhausted or we just don't feel like being there or whatever it is and you can just tell we just didn't try I mean you know but you've got to take a shower you've got to shave your legs you need to brush your teeth you need to take pride in your appearance because this is your money this is what you do this is how you pay your bills and it's going to be a direct correlation between the effort that you put into that and what you get out of it now that doesn't mean that you need to primp and pramp and become an instagram model i'm actually adamantly against that i think that everyone should be unique and kind of own up and play up that what they have and if you're a natural beauty go for it you know i don't wear a ton of makeup at work but at the same time i'm clean and i'm presentable you know and those are kind of different things um don't argue with people in the dressing room, either other coworkers and girls or anyone on the phone. <laughs> um, it's drama, you know, p- girls tend to interject each other into each other's conversations. You know, girls will be complaining about somebody or something and you'll kind of jump in and it kind of becomes this debate or this argument and it kind of just sets a bad mood for everybody in the room. Um, also girls will come in on the phone with their boyfriends, just kind of clearly having some kind of dispute and it fucks up the mood for everybody and it fucks up their money for sure. Um, you know, it's hard because we have lives and that's just part of life, but we always try to keep things positive from the second that you walk into the door. You got to kind of send out that positive vibe into the universe. If that's what you want to get back. Um, you know, and don't hang out in the dressing room. You should be in there to change, use the restroom, pay your fee, maybe check your phone, you know, text a customer real quick, whatever. But Instagram's not paying you. Snapchat's not paying you. You know, unless you're trying to get someone into the club, you need to try to stay off your phone and stay onto the floor as much as possible. You know, I know you need a mental break sometimes. We all do, especially on those crazy weekend nights where things just won't stop. But, you know, that's how that works is that you go in there and you get on your phone and five minutes turns into 50 minutes. It turns into two hours. And before you know it, you know, you've wasted the whole night just kind of mindlessly surfing the Internet and you're not making any money. So try your best to avoid that if at all possible, um, which is like reminds me of a good point you know always be about your money you're there to work you're not there to party if you're able to have fun that's great you want to seem like you're enjoying yourself you know that will absolutely help you make more money with the customers but at the end of the day you know you're not there to make friends or to chill or whatever you're there to make money don't lose sight of that don't get all caught up in the glamour and the fun and the partying that you forget that you know at the end of the day you're you're there to make money And, you know, something that will help you with that is to keep your negative thoughts to yourself. You know, try not to speak them out, not just for the benefit of other people around you, because that does bring other people down, but also for yourself. You start to speak it out into the world, it's going to come back and it it tends to bring you down and not make you very motivated. Um, On the same note as, you know, remembering to keep it about your money, you know, don't get sloppy drunk. It's not safe and it's not smart. I'm working on an episode about addiction and overindulgence, both inside and outside of the club. It's going to be really cool. But in the meantime, just please try to use some self-control. You know, I know it's stressful sometimes talking to strangers. The social anxiety can definitely get to even the best of us. I know it gets to me. But drinking in excess never helps that. You know, a few drinks might take the edge off and help you be a little more friendly. But you should never have to drink in order to work. That's a whole nother can of worms. Um, But regardless, you know, a drink or two 
is one thing, you know, kind of relax a little bit, get moving, get working, but getting blackout drunk every time you work is different. You know, you're putting your money and your safety at risk. There's really no way you can be sharp and observant if you're plastered. You'll miss cues, you'll miss opportunities, you'll put yourself in dangerous positions because you're impaired. You got to take care of yourself and just not do that. Plus, it's not really a good look. Chances are you're acting drunker than you think you are, and other dancers and other employees, and especially customers, can tell. It's not cute, it's not attractive. You know, the only time that works on customers is when they want to get you wasted and try to take advantage of a situation. And that's not the kind of attention that you want anyway. So try not to do that. Um, don't be full of yourself. You know, no one likes to suck up bitch. There are times when a really aggressive alpha female type personality will drive a particular customer wild, but that is usually a carefully cultivated behavior executed by an experienced performer that understands that power dynamic and how to apply it and why it works. Just being a brat because you think you're hot and the guy should spoil you is not the same thing. And yes, sometimes guys like a little bitchiness, especially in their stripper. But again, it's to a point, you know, knowing when to be assertive and when not to, you know, this comes with time and experience, but it's about reading your customer and identifying his needs and preferences, not just prancing around like a princess and demanding things from anyone and everyone. It's obnoxious and it'll often put guys in a bad mood and then they don't spend money on anyone because you've left a bad taste in their mouth. You should always ask for what you deserve and all that, but do it with class and do it with tact so that they see your value and see that you're worth it. You know, not that you're just trying to intimidate them so that they feel bullied. Don't compare yourself to other girls. You know, there's only one you and that's your power. Every girl has her pros and her cons. You don't need to be like someone else in order to make money or to be happy. You know, you just got to be your best version of yourself. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Men will always respond better and tip you more for being genuine than for seeming perfect. You need to know your strengths and exploit them. Are you smart? Are you funny? Are you super sexy? Are you awkward, but it's kind of cute? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just figure out what that is about you that's unique and play it up. Seeming natural will give you a huge advantage in the club. As nice as the Fimba ideology is, it's not realistic and it's not going to work for everyone. Don't try to force yourself to be something that you're not. Play up what you got and it will always make you money. Believe it or not, not every guy wants that perfect Instagram girl. And there's no point in you beating yourself up trying to be like that if you can't or if it's not going to come across natural. On the same note, you know, don't compare your self-worth to how much money you make. Us dancers are so bad about this. I've done it. We've all done it. it. It can be really hard. You know, it's really easy to feel on top of the world when you have a great night. You feel confident. You feel amazing. You're like, I'm great. Everything's going to be great. Um, but then when you have a bad night, you just take it very personally and think it's because you suck and start to kind of hate on yourself and look inward. And that's not healthy and it's not fair. Shit happens sometimes. It just does. But that doesn't mean that you're not worthy or that you're not doing a good job you got to just kind of keep the right mindset about it. And remember that there will be times in the club that are up and times in the club that are down and you'll make good money and you'll make bad money, but that doesn't mean that you are ugly one day and gorgeous the next. Um, please don't be a really loud girl. <laughs> and anybody who's a dancer knows what I'm talking about. You know, that loud girl. There's always a girl that's like just screams everything she says, flails her arms around. She's loud in the dressing room. She's loud at the tables with the guys. She's loud on stage. She's just kind of a very big, loud person. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a big personality and being confident in who you are. But there's a point where it becomes obnoxious and, like, just 
aggravating and grating and it's kind of hard when you're trying to finesse and trying to kind of haggle with guys and this girl just kind of comes tumbling in like a bull in a china shot just like blah 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 um you know try to be mindful and try to take account of yourself and of your volume and of your body language and be more graceful if that makes sense um don't do extras in the club you know whatever you do in your free time is your time it's your business i'm not judging you i think that everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want i think that two consenting adults should legally and morally be allowed to come to their own decisions and I don't think I'm better or worse if I don't do any of those things. However, I do believe that it needs to stay out of the club because that's just not the venue for those things. If you're a full service worker, that's fine and that's your business, but you need to do it in a full service venue. You need to have your own kind of area in order to conduct your business. Now, I understand a lot of girls might you know, source their customers from the club or whatever it is that they want to do, but... Actually acting and doing extras in the club is extremely selfish and dangerous. You know, it's selfish for the other girls because we're all just trying to work and make money, you know, abiding by the rules of the club that we don't have any choice of. And when guys know that there's other options out there, if they just kind of ask around enough, it makes it difficult in order to establish your value because they know they can get what they want if they ask enough girls or, you know, the right girl or whatever it is. Um, but it's also dangerous because you don't know who's an undercover cop. You don't know anything like that. And it can be dangerous for all of us because if you tell the wrong person the wrong thing, the whole club can get shut down. And now we're all out of a job and it's not fair because we didn't do anything. So please don't do that, you know, um, in the club smile. Uh, and I know it sounds hypocritical for me to say that because we all hate it when guys do that to us, right? When they walk up to us and they're like, hey, smile, girl. But for work purposes, you do need to smile. You need to look happy. You're supposed to be approachable, especially on stage. It doesn't mean you got to force it and look fake and be annoyed, but you need to try to keep the right mentality while you're at work. Just kind of close everything else off and try to think positive approachable thoughts so that your facial expressions and your body language exhibits that you know you'd be surprised the difference that it makes when you're just not looking pissed as hell all the time you know when you're on stage I have so many guys come up to me and they tip me and they're so sweet and they're so nice because they're just like you just looked happy or approachable or sweet and I'm not any prettier or any smarter or anything like that I just don't seem pissed off um, again, yes, that kind of persona, that kind of frigidness can work sometimes, but I found that men tend to really respond well to that approachability and that niceness that you give off when you look at least content, you know? Um, so try that, just try it and see how you feel. Um, don't look so angry is kind of part of that. Uh, you know, just be mindful. Making eye contact can also make a huge difference, especially on stage. You know, you want to talk to them. You want to bring them into you. You want to make them feel that connection and specialness and that obligation to engage you. So trying to make eye contact can be really helpful, even if you're just walking the floor. You know, walking the floor, kind of looking around, seeing who locks eyes with you. You know, if somebody locks eyes with you and holds it for a minute or two, it's usually a good indication that they might be interested. So it's a good way for you to kind of know, oh, maybe I should go say hi to that person or not. You know, if someone avoids eye contact with you or doesn't look at you, you might be less, you know, prioritize them a little bit less, especially same on stage. You know, you make eye contact with somebody on stage, 
they're interested, you know that that might be a good place to start. And it makes guys feel special and that always helps them want to spend more money. Another good idea is to plan ahead. Um, Even though I already said you shouldn't get fucked up at work, which you really shouldn't, if you just know that you're going to, then you should try to plan ahead. Don't get there and then say fuck it and pay $40 every single night for a safe ride or an Uber or whatever. That adds up really quickly. And we're already spending way too much money to work as it is. With tip outs and everything else, it's just silly to throw more money into something like that. Plan to ride with your friend or ask, you know, you guys take turns. Tonight I drink, tomorrow you drink, whatever works. Make plans in advance to kind of help save yourself from that drama. If you just know that you're not going to be able to drive when you leave, try to plan it ahead to save yourself that headache, um, the money, everything. And if you decide that that's too difficult to do or hard to arrange, then maybe that might help you stay motivated to not drink as much at work anyway. And if you are not doing that and you are spending that kind of money on safe rides and all that kind of stuff, you need to take a consensus of it. You need to sit down in a week and add up how much you spent on safe rides or how much money you lost from drinking or whatever it is and really look at those numbers on paper in black and white and and that'll kind of help reset your brain a little bit to how important that really is or isn't. You know, when you see your pocketbook being affected by something, it really hits home and makes you realize maybe that's not as worth it as I think it is. So just try it. You know, it could be a good idea. Um, let's see, when it comes to customers, you know, don't ever assume that they're not money just because of how they're dressed or what they order. Yes, it can be a really good clue to how fluent they are if they come in in a sport coat and order a scotch. But they can also be the tech CEO's little errand boy that just looks like money, but he spends none of it. One of my biggest paying customers ever was sitting at the stage drinking a Bud Light and a Talladega t-shirt and jeans <laughs> when he slid $300 bills into my garter and he ended up spending almost $3,000 on me that night. And he said that he had been sitting there for two hours and not a single person had come over to talk to him. And I'm sure it was because he just didn't give off that I'm loaded type of vibe. You know, you just never know. Never lose money because you're being closed-minded. You're better off with someone that has less money per se, but will spend it more freely than the richest guy ever that's going to be cheap as hell or very demanding, you know, or expect certain things from you in order to get it. Um, So just try to keep an open mind and, you know, never rule anybody out. You don't know until you've tried, right? Um, another thing that I always stress to girls, a uh, nonstop, it, do not gossip or complain. Don't do it with the other girls, especially with the customers. You know, it's not a good look. It implies that you're insecure with yourself or that you're threatened by other girls, neither of which is attractive to a customer. And it can even end up backfiring completely because you've just given him a possible way to exploit you or take advantage of you by just flat out showing him that you're insecure. So just don't do it. You know, on the same note, don't spread other dangerous business around. It's not fair at all, and it's not safe. Don't tell other customers that girls are married or that they have kids or other, you know, personal details about them without their express permission. I cannot tell you how many times a night customers will come up to me and be like, oh, so I hear you're married or you have kids or whatever the tidbit of information is. And whether they came across that information innocently or maliciously, um, because I think it'll make them not want to talk to me, or maybe it makes a girl think that they can steal a customer from me or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It just makes the girl look bad if they're trying to do it that way. 
But if you cannot entertain a customer on your own merit without outing or tearing another girl down, then you don't really deserve that money. And you certainly don't want anyone spreading your personal information around. So you need to be respectful. Even if it's something positive, you know, like, oh, that girl has a master's degree or or whatever, something complimentary, you still really should keep specifics to yourself because you just don't know. That guy could be a creep. He could be trying to get information on that girl. And what if you just told him the school she goes to or, you know, what classes she's taking and he's like a total stalker. And now he's got all this information about her and you just really thought you were being nice or complimentary. We're all on the same side. We cannot let money divide us and make us vulnerable to customers like childish tantrums and their sense of entitlement. When customers ask me about the other girls, I usually just try to play dumb. I'm just like, you know, I don't know. You should ask her or I'll be like, it's not really my business, so I'd rather not really discuss it. You'd be surprised how often that really impresses the customers and ends up making you a lot more money because you seem mature and you seem confident and not like gossipy. So try that and see how it works for you. You got to think of other things to talk about besides your other people in the club. (laughs) You know, they're already in the club. They don't want to talk about that. You know, usually the customers, they want to talk about themselves. So talk about them. You also need to remember that you don't own a customer. This is a really touchy and complicated subject in the club and for dancers. I've been guilty of it myself. You know, I've had some really high-end regulars that really support me from time to time. And it can be very nerve-wracking and very stressful to feel like you could lose them at any moment. But we all know that customers have shelf lives. That's just how it works. If you're not willing to move on to another step with a customer, at some point, inevitably, it will end. And that's just the way that it works. And there's always going to be another girl behind you to come scoop them up and start the process again. And that's just kind of the cycle of life in stripping. But it doesn't mean that you want to lose them, you know, or that any girl should be disrespectful and try to... Um, speed that process along you know but at the end of the day you don't own that customer he doesn't belong to you he has invested in you and you guys have an understanding and you have an arrangement and other girls should take notice of that and be respectful but you know you need to make him assert what he wants so if other girls come over you know and introduce themselves or talk to him you, you need to always be polite and you need to always be welcoming it needs to be him that makes boundaries clear he needs to be the one that says you know thank you so much for coming over but I'm sitting with so-and-so right now or whatever it is. He needs to be the one that lets the other girl know what he wants or doesn't want so that there's no confusion and there's no drama later on. You don't want to be in the dressing room later on and get cornered by the other girl or you don't want to corner the other girl or whatever, whoever's being the passive-aggressive one and kind of be like, you know, that's my customer, stay away or, hey, you don't own him, whatever. You don't want that drama. It shouldn't be up to you too. It should be up to him. So he needs to make those lines clear so that y'all aren't arguing with each other and no one's getting their feelings hurt. So if you have a really good customer that spends a lot of money on you, you need to talk to him about that. You need to be like, hey, look, you know, if you want to just spend time with me, I really appreciate that, but you need to be able to communicate communicate that to the other girls so that we're not getting interrupted um, or whatever. You need to have him deal with it. And I know that's a little awkward and a little weird, but that's the only way to really avoid drama and avoid you being territorial, which is unfounded and unfair, and them being, um, like, crafty and sneaky and all that kind of stuff, you know? So on the same note, you know, don't interrupt girls when they're with a customer. Don't try to take him. I don't care if he gave you $100 while you were on stage, if you've sat with him before. It doesn't matter. If he's with a girl at that moment and he's busy, you can come over. You can say hi. You can say thank you so much for the tip. Tell him that you'll catch up with him later. He sees you. He knows you're there. 
you've made the effort, you've been polite, but then you need to excuse yourself. You should never just muscle your way in and try to force a situation. It's incredibly uncomfortable and it's very presumptuous. You know, maybe he does want to get to know that other girl. I know that that sucks when you want to make money off of them or you already know that they're good for it, but that's just not fair. You wouldn't want that girl messing up your money if the roles were reversed. You know, like I said before, the only exception to this rule is when you have called that customer in. I have this happen to me a lot. I'll have a regular that I had a plan with to come in and see me. Like there's a whole text thread that he was coming in to see me at that time and all that. And then when I go on stage or if I go to the bathroom, I just don't get over there in time or whatever. Another girl sees him and tries to race over there and sit down. And at that point, you do got to kind of go back over there and reassert yourself. Still, you know, don't be rude or bossy or possessive. Like, oh, he's sitting with me because that's not fair. But you just got to come back over and kind of make it clear that, hey, like, hey, John, sorry, I was a little bit late. You know, I was in the bathroom or whatever. How are you? Give him a hug. Sit down in the other seat. Kind of make it clear that you guys had plans and this was premeditated. And the other girl should understand that that means that y'all know each other and you have plans and she should politely excuse herself. A lot of girls won't. Um, they'll pretend they don't know any better, but they do. And so if you are that other girl, know better. Be polite, be respectful, excuse yourself, come back later. And if you're not that girl and you didn't know, I'm telling you now, that's kind of what's going on. So, you know, handle it that way. Don't be catty with each other and make it awkward and make it a bad work environment for everybody because inevitably that customer will finally dry out one day and he won't be your customer anymore but the odds are that you probably will still work with that girl and you don't want that kind of bad blood so everybody on both sides need to be respectful about that you know the girls wanting to get the customer's attention and make money off the customer and the girl that has the customer's attention and is making money off the customer y'all need to try to work together to try to be respectful and respect each other's boundaries and each other's money and um go from there um because that is one of my biggest pet peeves you know you're sitting with a guy you're clearly involved with him your drinks there your robe is there whatever and you go on stage and a girl just bolts over there and sits in your seat and tries to steal the guy and just pretends like you were never there. And then it's always awkward when you come back. And it's like, come on. You know, I, I usually don't fight with girls at that point. I'll be like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. And kind of excuse myself because I'm just not going to do it. Nine times out of ten, the guy actually ends up being very annoyed by this behavior. And don't like it. So it backfires for the girl that's really aggressive anyway. Um, kind of a caveat to this is, is to know when to leave. Like I said, you know, when, you know, you need to know when to excuse yourself from a situation or a customer. Don't make it weird for everyone because you're not being observant and you don't realize that things are awkward or you're too stubborn to give up when you should. Um, you're not going to help anyone by refusing to exit graciously. Just come back later or try again. You know, wait till he's alone. Try again. It'll just be easier that way. Guys also hate it. You know, don't be pushy. Don't have that used car salesman type of sales attitude it pisses people off it runs them off it's just awkward don't do that you know have some game have some hustle but do it intelligently use your skills use your charm be charming be intelligent be funny don't be sleazy don't just come over and push 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 with the sales tactics and make the guy awkward I I can't tell you how many times I've kind of gone over to guys that have already been attacked three or four times by other girls and they're almost jumpy they're like oh oh gosh oh um because they've already had girls come over and kind of be real pushy real forceful real not couth at all and now they're just in bad mood they're just like nope 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 don't even want to talk nothing 
Um, also be polite and don't try not to interrupt customers who are tipping girls on stage if you can help it. I understand that sometimes they just tipped you or maybe you were already sitting with them or you want to talk to them or whatever. Um, but do your best to try to not distract them if they are spending money on someone else. That can be really frustrating if you're on stage and someone's throwing tons of money at you and then a girl walks over and they just completely turn around and ignore you. So if you are trying to go up to a guy that's already tipping a girl on stage, maybe come over, say thank you, be like, do you mind if I sit with you? He says yes. Sit with him, but then continue to encourage him to be active in the tipping of at least the girl he was currently tipping on stage. You know, be like, oh, can I tip her? You know, get a little bit of money, continue to tip like he was until that set is over. And then maybe kind of get his attention at that point, you know, and kind of start afresh. That's like the most respectful way to do that. Don't just come over and completely end the tipping that he was already doing. Um, A good rule of thumb is to try to always remember customers' names. It helps if you say it back to them when they introduce themselves. It's what I do. You know, they're like, hi, I'm Bob. I'm like, oh, hi, Bob. Nice to meet you. Um, If it's something that's not obvious it can even help to ask them to spell it for you if it if you think it'll help you remember their name it it can make a huge difference if you do remember it especially later on you you know you're going to be in a conversation with them for a few minutes giving them a dance whatever if 15 minutes later you're able to kind of pull their name back out like oh my gosh bob thank you so much it's it's a weird psychological trick but it really does work men feel really special really important when you like remember their name so try to do that as best you can even if you forget and have to ask the waitress or whatever it is do that try to do that another good um, recommendation is don't go from zero to a hundred with customers you got to pace yourself or they're going to get bored and you're going to get screwed. Whether it's in a conversation or in a dance or especially in a room, try to take your time. You know, make eye contact, ask questions. you got to try to build the anticipation and the moment the best that you can in order to stretch it out. You want him to feel intrigued, left feeling like he wants more. This will make him buy more dances. It'll make him buy more time. It's all around a good strategy. You know, if you just go full speed immediately, what is there left for him to want? or to desire how will you fill the rest of that dance or that time you're setting yourself up for disaster you need to take your time you need to build the moment this will also set you apart and help you get regulars men like women for the way that they make them feel you know the guy wants to feel something any girl can just come over give a fake smile shake around naked in front of him for a minute or two with these dead eyes and no connection but that doesn't make any kind of an impression on him you know make him feel seen make him feel heard and wanted and he'll spend everything he's got just to make that last a little bit longer and it's going to make your job a lot easier because you're pacing yourself you're building it you know you're going to be able to get a lot more dances and a lot more time out of them that way I see girls all the time and and a lot of it's just that they're new and they don't know what they're doing and some girls just aren't in the mood and gosh knows we've all been there you know I've been at work where I just do not want to be there and I'm just trying to get through this dance and get it over with and move on but you're really kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face when you do that So try to take your time, build the value, you know, and really stretch it out. You need to respect everyone's personal space, especially customers. We want them to not touch us. And yet girls think it's okay to just turn around and grope them. 
you know, you, you, I see a lot of girls, their strategy will kind of come up and really get really handsy with guys. And now while breaking that kind of personal boundary can be a good sales tactic, you know, being gingerly touching them on the shoulder or kind of on the hand or kind of bringing them in and all that kind of stuff, that can be a good strategy. But that's different than just coming up to a guy and just groping him or just fondling him insanely or being very aggressive or very personal with somebody that you don't know. You don't know. They might not like that. And I've had a lot of customers express to me that they felt very uncomfortable with girls that did that and um, didn't take time to even say hi or what's your name or whatever get a second to know them ask them their name ask them questions kind of make them feel like they know you a little bit before you start getting really touchy and really invasive into their space and it's hypocritical of us so we really shouldn't do that and in doing so you need to pay attention to body language you need to have the understanding of whether someone seems comfortable or not. You need to be observant. If you notice that they don't seem like they're really enjoying the contact or how close you are to them or whatever, you still be engaging, but try to back up a little bit and see if that maybe eases them a little. Some people have anxiety, just like we all do, and a stranger just coming up on hot and heavy really can be stressful and not enjoyable and they're not going to want to spend money at that point they're going to want to just get out of that situation and get you as far away from them as humanly possible so ease into that um also take rejection gracefully don't make everybody feel weird just because you got told no now we should be persistent and assertive of course because you know we're trying to get what we deserve always but there's a difference between being assertive and confident and knowing your worth and just being a brat that can't take no. If someone's politely and plainly told you no or not right now or whatever the answer is, you need to be gracious and excuse yourself politely. It will make a better impression and it might even leave the door open for you to come back later and try again. But if you stomp and moan and piss and throw a fit because they don't want to do whatever you want them to do, you're definitely out. It's not going to get you anywhere. Don't do that. Um, I also have this kind of thing where I don't let them just look at me, you know, and not tip, you know, you got to call guys out. You got to be polite, but you got to call them out, especially when it's on stage. I do not stand for that when people are just oogling and oogling and not tipping and not being respectful of my time as a dancer and as a, and as an employee and I'm working. So you got to always make sure that you're reminding them why they're there and what they're supposed to be doing. Because sometimes men forget, you know, they're distracted, you're beautiful and you're naked and they're drinking and their buddies are there. And you got to kind of always bring, this kind of goes back to that, like bringing it back to the point. You need to learn the way you talk and the way you move and the way you allude to things to always be bringing it back to the point. And the point is to get paid. So you're having a wonderful conversation. It's going so great. They're staring at your tits. They're super happy. They're having a great time. But the point is to get paid. So try to always bring it back to that. Um, I always recommend explaining your boundaries and your expectations in advance. Um, whether that's with a dance or with a room or whatever it is that you're selling, you need to be very clear about your expectations and your boundaries and what their expectations are, because that way no one can say that you didn't tell them, you know, it's the most awkward thing in the world when you're just like, Oh, Hey, you want to go to a room? And they're like, yeah, which is great and lucky. Um, but then you're back there and then the guy's like, Oh, okay. And then just goes for the gusto or whatever. And then when you're trying to explain them, Oh no, actually, you know, this is the rules or whatever. And then they get really defensive or really pissed off and it's super awkward or they try to argue with you or try to fight with you about it. Um, it just saves everybody time and trouble if everyone understands going in what to expect. And yeah, you might think that that might kind of kill your sale sometimes, 
but I found that it doesn't. It really doesn't. It, you just got to keep going for the right customer and keep and it's it's for your own mental health too, you know? Because nothing is worse than being like, "Okay, guy, you know, these are the rules, these are my boundaries. This is what you're going to expect for what you're paying." And them saying, "Okay," and then you get back there and they don't give a crap. They're just like, "Oh, I thought you were just saying that or whatever." And then they just start doing whatever they want. And then you have to constantly redirect and constantly try and try and try to bring them back into like, "No." No, no, no. It's exhausting and it's really bad for your mental health and all that. And so by making sure that you are clear going in, you have that ground to stand on. You know, you can be like, no, I told you before you gave me the money that this was what was going to happen. And you agreed and here we are. So if you don't, if you don't want that or if that's not good enough for you, I don't know what to tell you. You know, they don't have any argument at that point because you did tell them what to expect. They were the ones that presumed or didn't care. You know, it's when you kind of allude to, oh yeah, you know, whatever you want, you're going to have so much fun and da da da. And then you get back there and they pay you and then they feel cheated and then they feel disgruntled and they're pissed off and you're pissed off and then they want their money back and it just becomes awkward and it's all just so unnecessary when you can just explain it beforehand and save everybody the trouble. Plus, you're more likely to have a repeat customer that way um, because he, you have a good experience. There was no awkwardness. He knew what he was going to get. He got what he wanted. He's going to come back and see you. He's going to leave that room happy. He might even spend more money on you once you leave. Um, I had that happen a lot. You know, I, I go do a room with someone and they have a really good time and they enjoy themselves, but they don't maybe not want to spend quite as much again, but they want to come out and get a couple more dances. And that's because everybody was on the same page. But, you know, you go in there with a guy that wants the moon and you promised him the moon and he doesn't get it and you're definitely not going to make any more money from him. And if anything, he's probably going to be pissed off and want to leave and not come back. So <clears throat> you need to be clear. But on the same note, you know, if a guy gives you shit about it, you, you just need to explain to them that they don't understand what sexual assault is. And because that is still a thing. Just because you're in a strip club does not mean that the law and human decency does not exist. And usually when guys are giving me a really hard time about this, I kind of pull that out and I explain that to them. And I'm like, you know, you are literally committing sexual assault right now. It doesn't matter that you gave me money and it doesn't matter where we are. You're still pushing me and touching me in a way that I don't want and that's not legal and it's not moral and you should stop and you know I always kind of point out to them too like you know why would you want to touch someone that doesn't want you to why would you want to force yourself onto someone that doesn't want it in return it's kind of pitiful honestly it's pretty pathetic and it's embarrassing so you should probably stop doing that Um, that, that exact verbiage doesn't always go over very well, but usually by the time a man has pushed and being disrespectful to the point that that is the conversation that I'm having with him, he deserves it. Um, let's see. Another suggestion I have, I really love dancing. I am a pretty good dancer. I did ballet and jazz and gymnastics and all that typical girl stuff when I was younger. Um, but I also figure skated competitively for 12 years. So I think that gives me some kind of muscle memory, natural <clears throat> grace, something like that, which is hilarious because I can't walk to save my life. I trip over my own feet. But when I'm on stage, I do really well. And a lot of the girls and a lot of the customers will tell me, you know, that I'm a beautiful dancer and they really like it and whatever. And <clears throat> it's extremely flattering and I, I really appreciate that. But all the time the girls will kind of ask me, you know, teach me, teach me how to dance like you or what should I do or whatever. And I'm always happy to help, as you know, with moves specifically if that's what they're asking or, you know, certain tricks or whatever. But I really try to emphasize to girls 
that with stage, it's really more about presence. Presence is the most important thing you can have on stage. You need to pay attention to your body, your language, your body language, your 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 face, your expressions, your lines. You know, lines are kind of how your body moves. And you want to make sure that you're extending all of your lines. So whenever you're dancing, you want to be slow, first off. Move slow. Dance slower than you think you should. Seriously, if you think you're dancing slow, dance slower. That is the number one first step to being like a sexy, good-looking dancer, especially if you don't know what you're doing. You know, baby strippers, this is 101. Dance slow. Even if you're a bad dancer, dancing slowly is going to kind of ease that transition and make it look smoother and make it look sexier. You know, you're giving guys time to look at your body parts as they're moving and as they're, you know, in motion. And that's kind of what they're really looking for is that those, those movements and those curves. Um, now obviously there's moments for booty popping and clapping and twerking and all that kind of stuff too. But in between those, you definitely want to try to be moving slowly So that's the first step. And then as you're moving slowly, be extending your lines. When you put your arms out, you want to put your arms all the way out in kind of like a fluid motion, extending your fingers all the way out and kind of back in again. You want them to be able to see like the outline of your body because you're sexy. The same with your feet and your toes. Point your toes. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're on the floor. I don't care if you're on the pole. Point your toes. That is elongating that line and making you look elegant and making you look sexy. You know, when girls have that flat-footed kind of thing up in the air, you look ridiculous. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, You know, you want to be doing that. And then while you're doing that, you want to be thinking sensual thoughts. You want your expression to be matching your body. Most of the time, the reason why girls don't look good on stage is because they look bored or pissed or terrified or whatever And while those feelings might all be 100% valid, especially if no one's tipping you, they're not going to make you any money. And your body can be doing all the right things and the best tricks and the coolest splits and all that kind of stuff. But if your face isn't owning it and selling it and really looking, you know, um, sensual and excited and all that kind of stuff, you're not selling it. So think positive, happy kind of thoughts and, and make that kind of match your body. And make sure you're engaging the guys. This is really hard. It's hard for me because I'm very anxious and I'm shy, believe it or not. I mean, I'm talkative, but I'm shy. And so, you know, when guys are at my stage, it's a struggle for me, but I know I need to do it. And I've seen the results from it, so I do. I see a guy there, I talk to him. I'm like, hey, how are you? Make eye contact, dance in front of them a little bit, ask them their name, engage in the people that are watching you. Don't just kind of dance from afar and wait for them to come up to you. You're going to pull them in. You're going to make them feel connected. You're going to make them tip you more because you um, engage them first, if that makes sense. So try it. See how it goes. I bet you it will It will work. Um, also, while dealing with customers, always ask for more. You know, you remember my episode about asking for what you want, and it's true. If you don't get what – if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. So don't be afraid to demand your worth. You know, don't be pissy or rude. 
But you have to always be trying to upsell and to market yourself. Why get one dance from a guy, no tip, and then move on to the next, having to start all the way over with the next one? You got to introduce yourself. You got to have small talk. You got to give the rules. You got to give the pitch. You got to close the pitch. They got to pay you and then repeat, repeat, repeat. This is a long process and it's an exhausting process. But why do that when you can improve on what you're already doing? You know, one hand, one bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You've already done the work. You've already got the guy. You've already made the introduction. Ask for another dance. Ask for a tip. Ask for that room. I know some clubs don't let you ask for tips or whatever. My club does as long as you're being gracious and polite about it. Um, But if you can, you should. Always be trying to upsell something. If you can't ask for a tip, ask for another dance. Ask to go to the VIP room. You know, whatever you can upsell, ask for it. Because the worst thing they can say is no. Um, but then at least you tried and then you know you didn't shortchange yourself. You didn't leave money on the table because you you squeezed that lemon all the way till it was out of juice. And that's what you want to be doing every time with every customer. You know, not just bleeding them dry to the point where they're unhappy or pissed off at you, but making sure that you're getting the full potential out of every investment that you start. Because that's time and time is money. And every time you have to start over with a new customer and a new person, you're having to start over and you're losing time. So you might as well make as much as you can out of the customer that you already have while you have them. This is also kind of the same concept of the stage thing. You know, you've already got them there. They're already at the stage. They're already tipping. Get the most out that you can get out of them. And the best way to do that is to engage with them and interact with them and make them feel like they're special to you. Um, It's hard, you know, but this is kind of one of those things that like, if you're not in a good mood, I say try not to come to work. You know, a lot of girls have different mentalities on this. A lot of the girls will be like, push yourself, you know, break out of that brain fog and go anyway. You might surprise yourself and make money. And sometimes that's true, but it really kind of depends on why you're not in a good mood. If you're not in a good mood because you're a little tired and things maybe didn't really kind of go your way that day and you just kind of don't feel like it, those are the types of days when you should snap out of it motivate yourself, shake it off and get your ass to work. You know, put that motivation and that focus into something productive, distract yourself from the outside world and get it done. Go get that money. Um, but days where you've literally been burning at the both end, but both ends, you've been to class, you've been to your day job, you've been raising your kids, you've gotten to a fight with your boyfriend, you're arguing with your mom, your landlord pissed you off, you know, days where you really are mentally or physically or spiritually exhausted or raw or emotional or down, those might not be the best days to try to fight that and push through it and come into work because you're more likely to drink if you already struggle with that, which is already, as we know, a bad idea. You're more likely to be impatient and be um, negative and cranky with customers and with yourself. You're probably not going to push yourself to work or be motivated like you should while you're there um and you're probably going to get frustrated and annoyed halfway through the night and then want to leave early and then have this kind of feeling of exhausted like why did I even bother you know it wasn't even worth the trouble etc etc so I kind of operate under that mentality of you know really ask yourself why you're in a bad mood or why you're tired and if it's a fair legitimate thing you need to take that time off you need to take time and do something for you. But if it's not, then yeah, you need to push through it. 
consistency is key and treating this like a real job will help you make more money and stay focused and it's important to do that but it's also important to not overdo it this job is extremely physical but it's especially mentally exhausting and you have to take care of yourself i've seen so many girls work themselves to death in desperation to slip and they slip further and further down in that process so many times you'll force yourself to work six days in a row only to find out that you made the same or less money than you would normally in like three days and that's because you're overworking your body and you're overworking your mind you cannot be happy and bright and witty and fun and all that stuff that you need to be with customers if you're exhausted you know you have to take care of yourself first and then the rest will follow but remember that I said to take care of yourself if you take a night off because you just need to then take it off take a bath, read a book, go to sleep. (laughs) Um, Don't go out drinking to blow off steam. Don't stay up all night on Instagram or compulsively cleaning your house because you think it's too messy and that that's going to make you feel better. You're just going to end up still exhausted when you do go back to work the next day. That's not helping you. and It's not helping you make more money. If you need to take a night off, take the night off. You'll be amazed how just relieving yourself of that guilt And that obligation that you think you have and allowing yourself to recoup and regenerate and recharge your battery and then hitting it hard the next day can pay off tenfold. You know, that's going to be more beneficial than forcing yourself to work through something that you shouldn't and then not making any money anyway. So don't do that. Um, I already talked about this a little bit, but, you know, don't gossip. Don't talk about the other girls to the other girls. Um, You know, don't gossip about even your life. I mean, yeah, we're all friends and most, some of us are really good friends. Um, but you need to be friends outside of work. Go to lunch before, you know, go to dinner before work, go to lunch, go get your nails done with your girlfriend from work and bitch and vent about whatever you need to vent about. Try not to do it at work. It just, it changes the whole mentality and it shifts the whole energy to negative. Whether you're gossiping about your own life, your home life, other customers, whatever, we all need to vent a little bit, but you need to try to keep it to a minimum and make sure that you're not harping and going on and on and on about the other girls or to the other girls. Um, We all got to try to kind of keep each other up and keep each other motivated and gossiping especially is not going to do that you know when you feel like people are always talking about you or looking at you or judging you even in your own workplace that's hard enough we already have the guys doing that that makes us anxious we don't need other girls doing it too so let's all be nice to each other (laughs) um but also be polite to the other employees you know they can help you or hurt you if they want to, you know, they're working too. You need to make sure that you're always being polite to the other employees. You're always tipping them, making sure they're getting tipped. They can really make or break your night sometimes. You know, you can have a waitress that you've always polite to, you always look out for, that you always make sure if you can, the customer is tipping and taken care of. And when they have that baller come in the next night, they're going to come get you and that's going to pay off. So make sure that you're doing that with your other employees and they're going to kind of turn around and do that with you. You want to be a pleasure to work with. Everyone excuse my dog that won't stop. Stop it. Anyway, um, let's see. Make a plan for slow nights. This is something that I had to learn and it took me a long time to do and to really be disciplined about, but it makes a hell of a difference. You need to make a plan for when work is slow. You need to think of things to do when it's not really that busy that are going to help you make money when it is. Get to know the staff better. Like I said, you know, form alliances with them. Shoot the shit. Do whatever. You know, kind of be closer with your employees. Make friends with them. You know, this is going to kind of 
pay off later down the line so that you're not just killing time. You also don't know, you know, all the time I'll kind of go over and kind of talk to the bartender and kind of, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 you know, da, 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 and then kind of pick her brain about who's sitting at her bar, or, you know, what's this guy's deal or whatever, and da, 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 da. And because we have a repertoire and we know each other and we're friendly with each other, she's happy to do it and tell me what the deal is and kind of help me maybe formulate a plan to start making some money when I wasn't already. Um, you can go in the back, you can stretch, organize your locker, you know, do things that are going to de-stress you and kind of make things easier for you later on. Because maybe you took that 20 minutes when the club was slow to kind of organize your locker and know where everything was. And then an hour later, because you know exactly where that tube of lipstick is or exactly where that next outfit is, it's going to save you time later on in the night when you don't have to rifle through it all and do all that kind of stuff. Um, take time if you need to and text that customer, um, whether it be trying to get him to come in there. Or just to check in. Check in with that regular. Um, you want to touch base with them in general. You know, talking to customers keeps them on the hook and keeps them wanting to come back in. So even if they can't come in that night or you're not even trying to get them to come in that night, it's a good time to focus on checking in and making them feel special and making them feel like you don't want to just talk to them when you're at work. You know, talk to customers you haven't before. Um, see where that goes. You know, just kind of formulate that relationship if you need to. But but try not to be on your phone too much. But if you're doing that, that's a good thing. But also go out into the club and, like I said, talk to customers maybe you haven't talked to before. Maybe it's a guy you've seen, but you didn't think spent any money. But now you got nothing to, to lose. You got nothing to no, nothing to do but time. So might as well go over there. Get to know him. You know, talk to them a little bit. At least you didn't let yourself get tired and bored sitting at the bar by yourself waiting for money to come in. At least it makes you look busy. It makes you look active. So you might be talking to John who doesn't spend any money. But when the big money guy rolls in, you don't look bored at the bar pissed off. You look busy. You look in demand. It's all cir circular. You know, it, it all makes sense. It all works together. You know, um, you know, when it's slow, wasting time, you could be marketing, you could be preparing to make money. So always try to do that if you can. Um, if you're going on stage and the girl is trying to hurry up and pick up her money as you're getting on, help her. I, <laughs> I mean, ask her if it's okay to touch her money, but definitely offer to help her. All the time girls prance past me all annoyed that I'm in their way and then they watch me scrambling on my knees to try to kind of get my money together and get out of their way. And it's kind of, it's rude as hell. And I don't really understand it because the faster that we kind of get this together, the faster you can get on and um, get to your stage. And I will always tip a girl. You know, if a girl helps me pick up my money, I don't care if it's $5. If she helps me pick it up, I'll always throw a couple bucks back at her um, at, in appreciation. It gets her a good start for the next set. It shows customers that we respect each other, that we're polite to each other. Um, it's just like all around a good thing to do, you know. You help each other out. Be be nice. <laughs> um, let's see. Try to remember that you're a different person at work. You know, it's not the same. You need to be a different person. You Now, you need to play up your true personality. Like I said, you need to play up what's good and what's bad about you. But you need to remember that this is work and it's not your real life. These are not your, your customers are not your friends. This is your work and you need to be professional and you need to keep it professional and you need to not blur lines unless you're prepared to deal with the repercussions of doing that. You need to kind of keep your personal life a little bit separate and not bring your personal life into work. You need to leave all that at the door. You're there to make money. And if you do that, you will make money. You'll be surprised at the difference that if you, you know, we all have to disassociate to an extent. You know, that's how a lot of us survive sex work and deal with a lot of the bad things that come along with it is to disassociate and to not, you know, really 
think of it like real life. But you need to do that constructively and intelligently, not from a form of trauma and survival. You need to do it as a tactic and as a strategy to make you more money. You need to do it consciously and healthily in a way that you just know, okay, boom, green lights on, time to work, and and it'll be productive for you that way. Um, another thing that I found, and I'm going to be a total hypocrite right now, but it's really true, and I'm this is like my goal for this year to work on, is to try to work a set schedule if you can. I'm super bad about this, um, but I know for a fact that it's helpful. And when I've done it in the past and from girls that do it, it really is helpful. If a customer knows that you're going to be there every Monday, Friday, and Sunday, then you can tell them that. And it helps extend like extends the need for having to exchange numbers too quickly or anything like that. Uh, you know, that way you can kind of stretch them out a lot longer before you actually have to give them your number if you don't want to, or you want to wait to get to know them a little better because they know you'll be there this day at this time. So that's already kind of pre-arranged, if that makes sense. Um, it can also help you plan out the rest of your week, you know, make sure you're getting everything done, getting enough sleep and, and planning to work and be ready for work when you're there you know, um, you don't have to stay like dedicated to that. You can change it obviously as need be. That's the beauty of our job is the flexibility, but try to keep a general idea about it and try to keep a general schedule. Um, it helps the other employees also recommend you, you know, if, if, if a guy comes in on a night, like if he comes in on a Tuesday and you're not there and he asks the bartender, oh man, you got any good girls or any girls like this or whatever, she can be like, oh, you know who you'd really love? You'd love this girl. She works tomorrow. You know, it helps them recommend you to other people as well. And it helps guys that maybe travel in and out know, oh, I know she'll be here this day or that day, whatever, whatever. It cuts down on the amount of scheduling and texting you need to do. And it also helps you stay mentally prepared for expecting what you need to do. So try to do that if you can. Um, I know I'm going to work on it. It's a good idea. The last kind of section that I'm going to go over and again because we could talk about this all day long and I know I'm kind of all over the place with this one but this one is a very authentic you know intrinsic kind of an episode because I could talk about this all day long but the last one I'm really going to talk about is dating while dancing this is really hard and it's a really complicated subject you know I have lived it firsthand I have went from being I was married when I started dancing, but I was separated. I was in the middle of getting divorced from my ex-husband. So it wasn't like an active relationship, but I was, you know, not just sleeping around and dating people. So I was married when I started, I became divorced. And so I was a divorced single mother dancing, trying to go to school and trying to date and trying to work. And it was crazy and it's madness. Um, and being a dancer adds a whole new level of difficulty to dating that is already there. You never know how people are going to react to you or how they're going to treat you, and it sucks. And oftentimes, we kind of get pushed into this corner. A lot of girls feel um, trapped. You know, they feel like they have to date anyone that will have them just because they dance. You know, it doesn't mean that you're less than. It doesn't mean that you have to settle for someone that will deal with what you do. You know, that's a recipe for disaster in any relationship. But just because we're dancers, I think we feel that that's expected. If you were... Uh, 
pediatrician, you wouldn't feel like you had to settle for a guy that could deal with your long hours and your dedication to your job. You know, you probably wouldn't feel that kind of pressure to sacrifice your needs and your desires and all that kind of stuff just to have someone that can deal with your job. But for some reason, as dancers, we feel this, you know, we feel this, oh, we're less than or, you know, I just need I'm so happy to have someone that can tolerate what I do. Well, that's their problem. That's not your problem. You just got to keep searching and keep looking for that right person. You know, you're far better off being single than being with a person that treats you badly just because of what you do, you know, because you don't want to be alone. I was single for almost five years after my divorce and I was really lonely and I was really sad during that time. And I really got discouraged for quite a while thinking that it would never happen. And I went through those phases where I felt like I had to kind of settle and kind of had to give in and maybe date or spend time and emotions on people that I don't think I would have normally or um, should have in the long run because I just wanted some kind of affection, some kind of, you know, relationship. And it didn't do me any good and it didn't work out. But looking back, that was exactly what I needed to do was to stay single and wait for the right situation. And that's what I think I have now. You know, when I met my husband, I told him on the first date, I had been through all the different scenarios of, you know, dating a guy for a couple of days or a couple of weeks before telling him or telling him right away or putting it in my Tinder bio or, you know, I had tried all the different ways that I thought I could strategize in order to, you know, break that news to a guy or, um, you know, I could filter out the bad ones by telling them right away or whatever. And there's all different ways you can look at it. And I had all different reactions. But when I met my husband, I decided that at that point, I was going to just start telling guys right away. Just that's it. This is what I do for a state, just so you know. So if that's a problem for you, you can just end this right now and not waste anybody else's time. Because as we know, we've learned time is money, right? So, you know, that was a good start. And then when I met him and I told him right away and he had no, no reaction to it, really. It was just kind of like, okay, well, that's cool. Um, and I knew that that was a good start. And then, of course, we developed from there expectations and boundaries and, you know, comfort levels and all that. And I'm lucky that it happened to work out in a way that I found someone that is secure in themselves and does respect me and respect what I do. And I've been lucky for that. But that's not normally the case. And I just see so many girls at the club just miserable, you know, and I my heart really aches for them because they're stuck between this place of being so lonely and wanting just just be normal and have a normal life and have a boyfriend and have you know relationship but also not wanting to just settle for somebody that's not going to treat them well or not going to respect them or make them try to quit or whatever they're going to try to do and so it can be hard but just know that my personal advice as someone who's been there and done that and come out the other side is to just stay the course girl you know make your money go to work do your thing always be improving yourself and doing for yourself and the rest will follow go to school get that degree pay off that house you know buy that car do you and handle your business and make yourself secure and stable and independent and the right man will come and be able to appreciate that and respect that and add to that and not be threatened by it or take from it and if that doesn't happen then then that's how it's supposed to be because you're going to be better off you should never lessen yourself in order to make somebody else comfortable or make somebody else want to be around because you're just going to end up miserable anyway so you might as well just do things the way you want to do them if you're going to do them (laughs) you know what I mean um 
but on a quick little similar note, if you are, if you, if you are a dancer and you do have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, try not to bring them into the club while you're working. Um, they might be cool with it and if they are, that's great, but either way, it's going to fuck up your money, whether you know it or not, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it's, it's going to fuck up your money. I come into the club with my husband. He comes in by himself. I come in by myself all day, every day. Um, but do not come in together you know, like, don't come in while you're working. It's probably going to cause drama, whether you know it is or it's not. It's going to, it, it tends to make your other employees uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I don't mind meeting any of my um, other dancers, significant others. It doesn't bother me at all while, um, it, while I'm working. You know, if one of the girls I work with comes in with her boyfriend, I'll sit with them, talk to them all day long, no problem. But if she's working too and he's there, I almost get uncomfortable for her. <laughs> um you know because I watch her try to go work and then I see his face and it's just it's just I just wouldn't suggest it so don't do that okay (laughs) um so yeah so that's it I guess I'm just gonna leave you guys with a quick little caveat that sometimes people start dancing and they figure out that maybe it's not for them I've been in the industry for almost a decade and I have gone through ebbs and flows where I felt like this is exactly what I needed to be doing, exactly what I was called to do while I'm doing it. And it's great. And I've had other times where I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've all had those crisis moments. So it's not, there's nothing wrong with you if you are dancing and you decide that it's not for you. That's okay. Just because the money's good and the lifestyle is flexible and it's easy doesn't mean that you have to stay doing it if it's bad for you. If it's bad for your health or it's bad for you physically, you need to be conscious and you need to make sure that you're not keeping yourself in an environment that's not good for you. If you're having terrible anxiety, panic attacks, depression because of dancing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. If, if you have to get blackout drunk or high or messed up in some way or another in order to work and there's no way for you to stop doing it and the club is enabling that behavior, you probably need to not be doing it. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, if you're doing it because you want to be famous on Instagram or you just want attention from guys, you know, if you're not doing it to better yourself or your family or whatever it is, then you probably shouldn't be doing it, you know? And if it's ruining relationships in your life, like your romantic relationships that are good, healthy romantic relationships, or it's ruining relationships with your family that you really, truly value and want in your life, um, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. But it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong that you tried it or um, that you want to come back to it later. That's fine. But I just don't ever advocate for anybody to force themselves into this life if it's not working for them or it's hurting them because it's hard enough to be happy and healthy and successful in the sex industry when things are going well. Um, but when they're going bad, it's just, it's just so hard. So don't push yourself and don't make things harder than they have to be just because you want to be a stripper or whatever it is. So, you know, always take care of yourself is the moral of the story. Um, so there you have it. You know, that's it. I, I know this, like I said, that this episode's kind of all over the place. I really just kind of wanted to do a Mad Lib, um, talk about it, you know, um, from my point of view and just kind of give my best advice that I have. There's millions and millions of other things I could say and go over. If you have a question or a thought or a comment or anything like that about anything I've said or anything I didn't say, please um, ask me, you know, email me, Instagram me, Facebook me, whatever you want. You can write in. You can also, um, 
um, call in and be part of the show if you want to. You can just go to uh, anchor.fm slash down slash message and you can leave me a voice message and I can even add it into the show if you want. Either way, you know, I want you guys' feedback. I want your comments. I want to know what you want to hear about. We got quite a few really, really good episodes coming up. This one was kind of a... Um, just an all the way out there ramble rant, but I do have some really good structured episodes coming up that I really want you guys to stay tuned for. So please check that out. Um, but yeah, these are the general do's and don'ts if you want to be a dancer, but make sure you please sure, uh, like subscribe, share rate and review the show on your favorite listening out, uh, platforms and on Instagram and hit me with your questions and your comments. And, uh, or you can also email me at bstripsitdown at outlook.com. But until then, drink more water, have more sex, and go the fuck to sleep.